0: Episode 38, Weight Loss Surgery, Facts, Myths, and My Story. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we relearn how to lose weight so you can reach your goal weight with less wasted effort, money, and time. And I want to just ask, first of all, did anybody realize or consider that over the pandemic, all of these stars who just lost a ton of weight may have had weight loss surgery? (laughs) It was in my mind, a 100%. All these people were coming back all thin. And I'm like hmm, it was a perfect time to have surgery recover and be back thin. I'm not calling out people in particular. I know Kelly Osborne has shared her story. A lot of people who have weight loss surgery don't share these stories though, guys. And so I have a lot of thoughts on that. One of the biggest things to look for, I always watch for this, is if they say, I just do a lot of protein in my diet. <laughs> That's kind of the diet of weight loss surgery and it works, guys. So Today, we're going to talk about weight loss surgery, the facts, the myths, and my story. And this is an important topic because there's a lot of myths out there about surgery. And there's a lot of facts that we're discovering. And I think so many of us think that it's like the magic tool, that it's the easy way out, that it's the answer to just lose weight for life. And those are huge myths about surgery. Also, we think that it's unsafe, that it's only for people who are, you know, 600 pounds, and that it's impossible to regain weight after surgery. And those are also myths about weight loss surgery. So let's start by looking at the facts then i'm going to share with you the reason behind those myths and i want to share with you a little bit of my story i haven't shared too much about this for a lot of reasons and i'm going to share with you why today and what i've learned through weight loss surgery for those of you who followed the school of weight loss for a while you know i've tried everything you could possibly try for weight loss (laughs) it has been my story there's a new med i haven't tried yet but Besides that, I've tried the meds, I've tried the supplements, I've tried the diets, and I've had a gastric sleeve procedure. And so if you want some experience, I've got it. If you want some expertise and knowledge, I've researched it, I've done it. And weight loss surgery has been part of my story. So I want to be very fair in the presentation of this. As with all tools, weight loss surgery is a tool for weight loss it's a good tool in many ways right here's the facts about it it's growing rapidly i'm going to cite the stats from the aafp the american association of family physician article published last month on metabolic surgeries because i just like the clean way that they presented this you'll find stats presented in lots of different ways around weight loss surgery and in weight loss in general but i want to keep it the cleanest that i can for you guys so Here's a few stats about it. It has grown from 2014 to 2019, 32% increase in the number of weight loss surgeries done in the United States. The mortality risk is 0.2 to 0.3% at this point. That means it's similar to like appendix surgery. And if you're doing it at a good center for excellence, then it's a really safe procedure part of that has been the evolution of the procedures that are done used to be really unsafe back in the 80s people died from this on a regular basis they were that desperate they were willing to take a chance these surgeries now are pretty dang safe guys the average weight loss is 30 to 50 kilos which is 66 to 110 pounds and I think the easiest way to think of that is 20 to 30% in total body weight reduction, right? Some studies will show you like the excessive body weight. Uh, uh, the simplest way is total body weight reduction, which is 20 to 30%. It is likely the most effective tool we have out there. Although, spoiler alert, my October group of mamas just finished at an average of 21% weight loss. So it's possible to get these numbers without surgery. I just have to throw that in because I'm so proud of them. But surgery is generally considered probably our most effective tool historically for weight loss. I'm going to do a whole separate podcast episode for this, but weight regain is experienced by most patients three to 10 years after surgery. That expels our myth that you just lose the weight and it's easy for life. Now, weight loss surgery, as opposed to losing weight non-surgically does have some interesting additional results many patients leave the hospital off of their diabetes medications it's a really interesting statistic and they're five times more likely to experience remission in diabetes than a patient who has non-surgical weight loss that is wild I have treated so many patients. I always supported my patients in weight loss surgery. Some physicians, family physicians aren't comfortable with that. They don't believe in it, but man, I'm a weight loss girl. And I was like, yep, sign the box if they're doing it, I'm gonna be their support on the back end." And I was always amazed by the people who left the hospital off their diabetes meds. I was also amazed by the patients who didn't lose much weight. (laughs) So just like any tools, you can get the gamut here, guys. It is a known fact that when you're doing physiologic non-surgical weight loss, it takes a while to come off those meds, right? It doesn't happen overnight. You slowly decrease them. In weight loss surgery, a lot of the times it happens before you leave the hospital. Now, this gets a bit into the fact versus myth side because the question is why on that. We have a lot of growing theories behind it. They're still, I would say, more theory-based, but I think they're proving to be more factual. So I'm going to actually put it into the fact category, but know that this could be disproven in the future. (laughs) Here's what we think. There's a response of hormones in our bodies to the surgery itself. Two things happen. Part of the stomach that is removed has some of the hunger hormones in it, so you're more likely to feel full than if you have a non-surgical weight loss. And that triggers a whole hormone cascade that goes from your stomach to your brain and tells you you're full. So it shuts down some of those hormones. And also you can't eat for weeks after weight loss surgery. So the need for insulin, insulin production is so low that many times it just shuts it off. That's the theory that's Relatively factual behind why we see the metabolic effects of weight loss surgery that you don't necessarily see as fast in non surgical weight loss. So, we've established fact wise that surgery has pretty good weight loss results 20 to 30 percent of your beginning body weight. It's likely to allow you the metabolic effects, especially with diabetes. And there's studies now coming up of decreased risks of cancer. The question is whether that's weight loss related or surgery related, but yes. I mean, JAMA published an article on the decreased cancer risks from obesity related cancers and weight loss surgery. They're pretty safe procedures when you're following protocols and they're growing statistically. Another fact is that the surgery types that we're doing are changing. That's part of the reasons why they're so safe. So for those of you who don't know much about weight loss surgery, I want to give you a little background. The most popular procedure at this point, though there's a new one coming up, is the gastric sleep procedure. That's what I had in 2016. And the sleep procedure, to make it really simple, basically turns your stomach. They take off most of the stomach and make your stomach look like a banana is <laughs> what they do. They don't rehook anything up. They just take off the majority of your stomach. So, that you can't eat as much at one time. And in eating less, you take in less calories, you lose weight. The other most common procedure is the RUIN Y, and that is the gastric bypass procedure. That's a little bit different in that they create a little pouch in the stomach and they rehook your pouch up to the small intestine. So, they bypass a lot of the stomach and part of the small intestine in doing that. So this has a little bit added benefit in that you get the small stomach, but it also changes the motility of the gut and the way things are absorbed. As you can imagine, it has more consequences in the long-term with nutritional deficiencies. And some people get dumping syndrome where they get like the food dumps so fast, they have a lot of GI issues with it that don't necessarily occur in a sleeve procedure. So the sleeve procedure is by far the most common. It's 60% of procedures at this point. A lot of surgeons will do it. There's not as many complications from it, but the weight loss is a little less than with the traditional bariatric Roux-en-Y bypass procedure. The new one that's coming down the pike is kind of a combo of both. And that's growing in popularity, but it's not there yet. So I'm going to stick with those two. So the reason for the safety, as you can imagine, is we've got places doing these over and over again. They're good at them. They know how to screen patients before them, and they know how to treat you afterwards for complications. There are still complications. Leaks are common, having to go back in and fix it. It is a surgery, guys. I'm not saying there's zero complications, but it's a pretty safe surgery in terms of surgeries at this point. Add to that the fact that the weight loss is pretty quick because... You're not eating for a while. (laughs) And the surgery restricts how much you can eat at a time. And you can see why this is growing in popularity. The fact that we now have specialized surgeons who are doing most of the procedures is helpful. Teams in place around the procedure is helpful. And there's a lot of great things coming from this surgery as a tool. But there's also a lot of myths around weight loss surgery. Having experienced it personally, (laughs) I can share some personal myths, but I want to start with the most common things I hear from patients about it. And I think the general consensus out here that it is the magic long-term tool, that it's kind of the easy way out for weight loss, that you have it and you just go about your regular life, but you're just thin, and that you have to weigh like 600 pounds to have weight loss surgery. I think we can all tell from my story that that's a myth. (laughs) So let's start there. To have weight loss surgery, guys, it's related to your BMI, your body mass index. And I've shared with you guys earlier on the podcast to be considered overweight at five foot four, which is me, is over 145 pounds. To be considered obese as a woman at five foot four is 175 pounds. So these numbers are actually lower than you may think. In order to be eligible for metabolic surgery or weight loss surgery, the BMI should be 40 or higher or 35 with an obesity-related medical condition like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all of those things. So to compute that for you, if you're a woman who's 5'4", if you have a weight of 205 pounds, then you're a BMI of 35. If you had that with diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, risk factors, then you would qualify for weight loss surgery. You don't have to be 600 pounds to have weight loss surgery. (laughs) Now, that being said, how many of us are trying to break through 200 pounds and are like, should I be having surgery, (laughs) right? I will tell you that personally for my story, I qualified by BMI, but I did not have diabetes. I was right about there. So that's part of my story, how it changed. My BMI alone, I was not at a BMI of 40 to qualify for surgery, but I was over 35 without the obesity-related disease when I went into surgery. And many people follow in these lines, right? It's why a lot of people go to Mexico or people pay cash for these surgeries. They've tried all the diets and they just don't know how to make it work, right? So I want you to realize that the phase of metabolic surgery is going to be changing. Thinking of the myth that it's people who are all 600 pounds and have no other option being the face of the surgery is probably not the realistic future of what this face will look like. It will probably be the women like me and 80% of people who have this surgery are women. So let's dispel that myth to begin with. The second one is that this is the magic tool that's easy, you lose the weight for life and it's the easy way out. So let me share with you some stats about weight loss surgery. And I'm actually gonna look mostly at the gastric sleeve because of the fact that most people are getting that. Here's what we know. There are great metabolic effects and there are also not great effects from the surgery. We see an increased risk of reflux, gastric reflux. And surgery itself, specifically the sleeve, causes what we call de novo reflux, meaning because your stomach now looks like a banana, food comes up easier, right? If you eat too much, food's going to come back up. It doesn't come up necessarily as food. It comes up as what you call foamies. It's like you foam (laughs) at the mouth a little bit when you eat too much. It's a very unpleasant sensation, trust me. It's not a lot of fun to experience, but the more concerning is the liquid from the stomach that comes up. So there is an increased risk of that with the surgery. It can lead potentially to Barrett's esophagus and esophageal cancer in the long-term. This is a concern that we see from the popularity of the sleeve coming down the pike. We also see increased rates of loss of skeletal muscle mass. So the skeletal muscle that supports your frame, you get a little loss of that even as compared to non-surgical options for weight loss. So you get a little muscle wasting because you lose weight so fast and you just can't eat. Think of it as like kind of putting your body by choice into starvation mode for weeks, right? We get a little increased skeletal muscle wasting and loss. There's obviously the risk of complications, bleeding, leaks, those sorts of things right after the surgery more commonly, but it can happen in the long term. There's intolerance to cold, hair loss, tiredness. Now this happens some with any type of weight loss, but because this weight loss is so rapid, it happens more extreme in patients who undergo surgery. And I will answer for the fact that I still am cold all the time. You also have to do vitamin supplementation, right? Because the truth with this diet becomes protein first, vitamins for the rest. And many people don't tolerate leafy greens or high fiber very well after the surgery. As you can imagine, your, surg- your stomach is so small that those big fibrous foods that would fill up the stomach actually can cause the opposite effect when people have had surgery. So you can imagine that some vitamin deficiencies are more common after surgery. So you you would plan to take vitamins for the rest of your life. For people who go about the gastric bypass, they have more common symptoms of things like dumping syndrome, so insensitivity to certain foods, a lot of GI upset, Um, and more likely to have the nutritional deficiencies as well. You can see some bone density loss with weight loss surgery, and we see increased risks of depression and alcoholism after weight loss surgery. It's a really interesting complication. If you think about it, you can't eat as much. And I know that sounds crazy, but here's another rule with weight loss surgery. Try not to drink around your meals. So you can imagine you're eating a meal and you're thirsty and you're like, oh, try not to drink because it makes the food go by too fast and you eat more than you should. And then you get the foamies on the back end, right? So if you can imagine if you're used to eating half of a pizza and now suddenly you can eat maybe one slice and then you get this awful feeling, you lack that sensation that occurs from your brain that comes down that's like you just rewarded yourself, right? So our buddy food is kind of gone. Now I'll share more next week's podcast on why we regain because snacking becomes a big issue around weight loss surgery. As you can imagine, there's lots of things you can tell yourself about how much you're eating. But in general, how much you can eat at a meal is decreased. You can't ever go out and have those binges that for many of us, let's be honest, we use to fix the feelings. So depression increases. Also, alcohol is absorbed more quickly after weight loss surgery. So in that, you'll see people drink more right? They can't eat it, so they drink it. So alcoholism is a big problem. Add to that to the fact that your stomach has now been manipulated. So by that, you have an increased risk of ulcers in your stomach, right? Think about that. Now you have this huge suture line down your stomach that can ulcerate. So for people who have things like arthritis you aren't really supposed to take anti-inflammatories after weight loss surgery. The ibuprofen, some doctors will let you, some will not, but it's really debatable and generally considered to be a faux pas after weight loss surgery to take anti-inflammatories. So that myth that like, this is just the easy way out in your life, you lose the weight really easily and your life is not affected is not true. I'm going to share a little bit more in my story in a few minutes, but... Know that there's some big changes that occur after this and you have to be willing to address those for life. You're not going back and getting your stomach back. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy, but it can be a little scary afterwards. You're like, I'll never be able to eat like that. I, I have to, this is my new norm. And I can't go back and change it. I've got to do all these things to protect myself. One of which I think for me, really, the most alarming has been the anti-inflammatories over time because I'm starting to ache a little bit. And I'm like, "Uh oh, what am I going to do? Right. I need to come up with safe options like yoga to help with it because I don't want to end up with an ulcer going forward. So, know that any type of weight loss you do has its complications, and surgery is no exception to that. It is not an easy way out. I wish we could dispel this myth because many people jump into it without knowing what they're getting into. And as with any form of weight loss, you've got to know what's going to happen and you've got to know what chances you're taking when you go into something like surgery. And the last myth I want to look at is regain that this is just this magic tool where you lose the weight. I have seen patients who don't lose weight after surgery. I've treated patients who don't lose weight after surgery. I've treated patients who've lost phenomenal amounts of weight after surgery. Not everyone reacts the same. But we do know that statistically, most people have regain years after surgery. You can expect that. I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on this. And I'm actually going to do a webinar coming up for weight regain after surgery, because I feel like this is a little group of people that's not noticed well and beats themselves up hardcore about that weight regain. And there's some keys to changing it. So follow along over the next few weeks. Share this with a friend who's had surgery or is considering surgery, please, because this is what they need to know right? The facts that it's pretty safe, the facts that there's some great metabolic effects, right? Especially for diabetes. Those are coming down the pike we're seeing. The facts that you get great weight loss with it. The myth that it is the magic cure that you can't regain after it. The myth that it's just people who are so morbidly obese, they have no other options doing it. And the myth that there's no complications on the back end. There are, guys, there are. So want to share with you a little bit about my story. This is something that I think just speaks to so many of the levels of what we see with weight loss surgery. And I'm kind of finally at a place where I'm open to sharing it. I'll tell you what, guys, it took me a while to get here. I made some very conscientious decisions. I am pretty much, you may have guessed by now, an open book. <laughs> I don't like secrets. I'm not good with secrets. Like, I'm not the person you go to with secrets. I'm not going to intentionally share your secrets, but it just kind of for me in my own integrity and in the way I choose to live my life, when I'm holding things back, I feel like it holds back my authenticity. And this was an area that I chose not to share with other people. And there were a few key reasons for this. If you've listened to Creating the Lighter You podcast episode of me, you know a little bit about my story, go back and listen to it all because it's a great story of how I got here. But in 2016, I did have a gastric sleeve procedure before my wedding. I honestly just wanted to look good at my wedding. (laughs) I had tried everything. I had six months and I was like, listen, I think this surgery thing I'm reading about, it's pretty safe. I want to do it. And I went in and met with my surgeon and he was phenomenal. He did a great job. I will be blatantly honest and tell you, I fast-tracked most of it and had surgery less than two weeks later because I was a doctor and because I wasn't going through insurance. So think whatever you wanna think about that. But I had the knowledge to support myself. The physician who did my surgery knew that. I had the knowledge to support myself in this that most people do not. And I wasn't going to be paying insurance, so all of those regulations were kind of ditched. Now, I would not recommend this. Let me just start by saying that. There are certain things that I will recommend I would not. I would give it some time to think about, but I had a more educated decision that I had made than an average person who doesn't know much about these surgeries, okay? So let's give us, let's give Emily, let's give that version of Emily the benefit of the doubt, okay? And the surgeon, he did a great job. I chose at the time not to tell people this, and I think this is common because of the shame around surgery, but I would share with you that I do think mine was probably a little bit related to the shame of thinking that I had to go to surgery to lose the weight, but I also had a few extra circumstances. I was running a weight loss clinic at my clinic, and it was a good clinic, don't get me wrong, but I knew that I was going to become the face for everybody there, and I wasn't really sure how I felt about it yet and what recommendation I wanted to give and allowing and and the influence I wanted in my story to have on their stories. So I decided at the time that this would just be something between my husband and my daughter and I. Also add to that that my dad was a surgeon who had done weight loss surgeries and had experienced the non-safe side of it. And to be honest with you, I didn't want everyone's opinions. <laughs> I knew he would worry. I knew my mother would really worry. And I just was like, listen, this is for me. This is going to be for me. I'll deal with this later, right? And I think that's a common idea with weight loss surgery. Most people experience the shame around it that like, I have to do this. I'm not capable of doing this on my own. And maybe that was part of my story, but I also had some extra circumstances that led me not to share that. Now that had consequences in the long-term. I did really well. I lost good weight with weight loss surgery. I lost about 75 pounds and I looked phenomenal at my wedding, yay. But, that being said, this is not a tool to use for a wedding. (laughs) Please, don't consider weight loss surgery for a wedding. This is a tool, as I shared earlier, that affects the rest of your life. We're so quick to buy into. Any tool being quick and easy and short term, For weight loss and I think I bought into a little bit of that because I want you to fast forward. One of the recommendations after weight loss surgery is not to get pregnant for 12 to 24 months and I was cognizant of that. It was I think 18 months before I got pregnant with my daughter. I will share that I was on the cusp of diabetes before surgery and since then my blood sugars have been totally normal range except for when I was pregnant with my daughter. And I had a lot of complications during that pregnancy, some of which were from my lifestyle choices prior to surgery, and some of which were from surgery. So a couple things happened. I developed gestational diabetes. I had to give myself insulin injections, all the good stuff. It was not a fun experience, right? But as you can imagine, I was also dealing with the complications of not eating very much. I remember at one point thinking I could eat three chicken nuggets before I would get sick. Because think of this, pregnancy increases the risk of reflux, which I had already increased the risk of. So I had horrible reflux. I was trying to control my blood sugars. I also ended up on a heart monitor because I think it was more sugar related than anything. I was controlling it so tightly that if my sugars ran low, my heart would race. Another thing that I didn't share in the complications earlier in the myth that this is just the easy way out is that you have pretty extreme reactions to sugar in certain foods afterwards, like, my heart would race in the point that I almost thought I was having a heart attack at times, it was like, it wouldn't stop, and I would sweat, it felt like hot flashes with a racing, racing heart, just from eating like a bite of sugar, so I was experiencing some of that, trying to control my blood sugars. Heart would get racy, I would almost pass out, and I ended up on a heart monitor. That all ended up fine, thank the Lord. But this was my pregnancy experience. Some repercussions of my weight, the gestational diabetes, others repercussions of the surgery, probably the heart effects, and not eating enough. So by the end of my pregnancy, I was eating so little. I mean, it was, as I look back on it, probably a little questionable. But here's the thing, guys. I hadn't shared this with anybody. And I'm going to be honest with you. She may even be listening. I didn't even tell my OB. And I don't know that she could have changed anything. Honestly, that was my answer to it. It wouldn't change anything. I had the knowledge to manage this as good as anybody else was going to manage it, right? but I had a lot of complications in the pregnancy from it. And so when I went into delivery, Eliza did great. She had some low blood sugars, which is very common with gestational diabetes. But other than that, she was great, except a few things happened. I was so incredibly dehydrated. They were giving me so much fluid. And I think that that and my body's whole reaction to this refeeding syndrome is what led me to be back in the hospital a week later with preeclampsia. My blood pressure went really high and I had to be on blood pressure medications. And I was in the hospital. It was not a fun experience. And the real breaking point happened for me when my daughter's newborn screen came back with a protein uptake deficiency. I actually could handle all the other stuff, but when my daughter's newborn screen came back abnormal, I had a real moment. I was like, what have I done? What have I done? Literally, I got a call from my primary care doctor. She was fabulous. She's like, let me call and check what we do next because it's pretty rare to see that. And she Talked to the other experts and they said, do this backup test on it. Has she had any dietary issues? Has she Is she a vegetarian? Is she restricting her diet? And I thought, oh my goodness, this is what I've created. This was 18 months after my sleeve. Now, these are pregnancy specific complications, but they're real complications. It was why I literally decided, plus my husband was already like no more children. I'm like, I can't do this again with a pregnancy. So for those of you who are considering getting pregnant and for those of you who struggle with infertility and think that the sleeve might be the best answer for you to be able to get pregnant, they're serious when they mean wait a while till you get pregnant. You could have serious complications. I had about every one of them thank god i ended up with a healthy baby and all ended well but there were a lot of complications there so fast forward to the fact that my daughter turned into a budding sugar addict by the time she was barely walking and that's how i got started down this whole entire path guys i was like listen okay i know protein's the answer but honestly even In the weight loss surgery, my diet wasn't great. I was still wanting to eat the foods. I really hadn't ever considered, they say no soda, no carbonated drinks after surgery. I was like, what is that about? What American doesn't drink soda? And I'll be honest with you. I think during pregnancy, I was actively trying to stretch my stomach because I was so afraid of how little I was eating and I knew it. So these repercussions are real for your life. I had one of the more extreme versions of it, but I didn't have surgery complications. Luckily, I had a great surgeon. So I fast forwarded to like, okay, now it's time to maybe get serious about what I've really created here. And that's when I started to do weight loss diet trials. I did obesity medicine certification and life coach certification, because here's what I knew. Surgery wasn't actually this super easy magic tool that I thought it was going to be. I was actually going to have to learn how to work this for the long term. After I stopped nursing, I started regaining weight, common with weight loss surgery. Our bodies react against weight loss. It's a common thing. And surgery is no exception to that. So I had some weight regain. I saw a sugar addict, and I knew many of my old habits were still there. I was drinking soda, I was snacking a lot, I was eating some of what they call the slider foods that go through your stomach, and I hadn't even told people, so to be honest with you, when I would go out to eat or eat around my family, I would try to eat more, or I would shuffle food around so that they didn't notice. Imagine going through all those complications and now telling yourself you still didn't have the magic answer. It was a pretty painful place to be. And it wasn't even until earlier this year that I decided this was part of my story I wanted to reveal. It's just part of my story, guys. If you've had weight loss surgery, it's part of your story. If you're considering it, it will be part of your story. If you're terrified of it but want to lose that amount of weight, that's part of your story too. I definitely think that I've had some muscle wasting. I think I'm not as strong as I was. I've had the weight regain after surgery, and it didn't necessarily fix my relationship with food. If you want my be-all end-all of my personal story with weight loss surgery, here's what I'd say. It restricts how much you can eat at one time. It's really good at that. If you eat excessive portions at one time and that is your only issue for weight loss, then surgery may end up being the best tool for you. You can't eat a pizza anymore. You can't eat as much at one time, but I want to share with you and what I've shared with many women who've asked me, is coaching worth it after surgery? And I say, yes, because here's the problem. You're going to tell yourself you can snack. You're going to tell yourself you can't eat that much at one time. So I'll just eat all day long. And that I believe is the biggest difference on why people lose weight after surgery and why people start to regain weight after surgery. Old habits sneak in. The only one that's gonna be permanently fixed is the amount you can eat at one time. And you may end up in the bathroom doing a little foaming up or on the side of the road when you do that. It's not the most fun way to experience eating too much at one time. Trust me, I've been there many times. I know this is longer episode. I just wanna tie it together to tell you this. There are great facts about weight loss surgery. There are myths about weight loss surgery and everybody's story is a little different. And I want to share with you the thing that I'm probably the most proud of, that is our ladies average a 21% weight loss in Weight Loss for Modern American Moms. Guys, that rivals the statistics for weight loss surgery. It is a tool and there are other tools available to get the weight loss results. Determining what's the right answer for you is the key. And know that anything you choose, you're going to be needing to stick to long term. It will have long-term changes in your life and repercussions. How you choose to go about that totally up to you, mamas. The waitlist is going for my next group of weight loss for modern American moms and consults are going to be starting soon. So if you're interested in joining, make sure to click the link in my show notes to join the waitlist. If you loved today's show, make sure to share it with a mom who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get all of the latest lessons from the School of Weight Loss podcast. Ready to reach that goal weight? Head on over to drmomy.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-M-O-M-E.com to learn more about Weight Loss for Modern American Moms, my virtual weight loss coaching program.